At Design Centre Chelsea Harbour, it's never been easier to discover what's happening in the world of design. Head to SW10 and you can browse 600 of the world's most prestigious brands in 120 showrooms, all under one roof. And it's not just for the professionals. If you need help and advice, there's a concierge desk and even a personal shopping service. All the risks we've taken, every time we've been told not to do it, we're mad. Yeah. It's going to be damaging. Um, it kind of works out for us. So, if you believe in something, yeah. you have to, you have to go. With it. Hello, I'm Carol Annett from Country and Townhouse Magazine. Welcome to the House Guest Podcast, where I chat with experts from the world of interior design and decoration, the people behind the houses and hotels you see in glossy magazines like ours. Some of the names will be familiar, and others may be less so. But I'm sure you'll recognise the hotels and restaurants they've designed. And if you're in the middle of your own building project or restyle, maybe you'll pick up some tips for yourself. If you listen on the Entail app, there's more information and images on the projects and places mentioned. Today I'm in Fitzrovia with property developer Robert Sonning, co-founder of London Newcastle and ex-Vogue journalist Trilby Gordon. Together they create mixed-use design-led developments for like-minded people. London Newcastle yeah. has been dubbed the Soho House of Property Developing. Now Rob, explain the concept. So we started the business um, with my co-founder David Barnett about 25 years ago and we really founded the business on the basis that we wanted to offer something different from what was going on in London at the time which was predominantly the house builder stock um, and we, we had a specific market and we were very clear about who they were and where they wanted to live and we started creating um, living environments for like-minded people um, and those people were mainly from the creative industries. Uh, that might have been music, broadcasting, um, design, art, um, architecture. Um, and we, we were very, very aware at the time that they, their, where they wanted to live had to reflect who they were and their, their, their lifestyle. Uh, and that's how we started the business. So you obviously felt, felt there was nothing like that around at the time or did you get ideas from places abroad yeah yes um so architecture was always a passion of ours um and we we felt from the new build point of view there was there was too much mundane development going on in london so you know absolutely what was going on in the rest of europe north america south america was really really important for us um, and that that's kind of ins inspired us to kind of take that model and bring it bring it over to London um, and we there were there was a bit, it would be wrong to say there was no competition because you know there, there, there was a little bit of competition but not mainstream um, and it was very kind of um, un underground and we, we wanted to kind of take it to the next level and we, we, we wanted to kind of start developing in lots of different parts of London but under the same un umbrella which was the London Newcastle so you know that there, there was there, there was always there's always inspiration out there doesn't matter how far back you go and where was the first building we, we really first made our mark in Islington actually um, was it with a, with a building or was it with an area it was primarily it, apartments. 
yeah, prelim, yes, preliminary apartments um, started off converge, with conversions and then conversions grew into park conversion, park new build, and then that turned into new build. So we were kind of doing ev everything. But I, Islington was just an area we, we felt our target market were very active in. Um, so we kind of gravita gravitated towards Islington and then we, did, we, we bought a, an old studio called Shepton Studios actually off Shepton Road and, and that was a fantastic 1930s warehouse building and it was just right for development in terms of it had the big windows, the, the, the ceiling heights and it kind of definitely fitted um, where we wanted to, where we wanted to be, so we did the Shepton Studio, and that and that that um, went really really well, um, and that sold out really quickly. How so many apartments were there in there? I think there was about 70, 80 apartments, which was you know quite sizable at the time. And um, when we started developing, it was a lot easier to get planning permission from commercial to residential than it is now because I think it was. There was an office recession going on at the time, so that that replacing commercial with commercial use wasn't as as such a big deal as it is now um, with the employment issues. But so so we we could we got planning pretty quickly. We sold out really quickly, and that 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 was the first development where we really thought, yes, we can do this because before that we were doing pub conversions into five units and. Which were really interesting. The pubs are really good fun because it's got you know got, they've got the character, um, but that, and that, and that was really the gateway to kind of bigger stuff for us at the time. And then after that, we um, we bought a stonemasons off off Lonsdale Square, which was great. And again, we converted that into a really great warehouse building. I think that was about twenty five units at the time. And we started collaborating with kind of the smaller but more interesting architects at the time. And then we started kind of um, bringing design into it and, and then our, our whole world kind of opened up to us in terms of that actually there's no reason why you can't collaborate with designers, furniture makers, um, artists and let's just really bring it in un under one roof and you know it went down really well because the competition was, was scant at the time. Trilby, how long have you been involved with London Newcastle? Probably about two years. And so you were a fashion writer on Vogue. Yes. Then had your own company for a while. I had my own clothing label called Gordon and Gordon. And then after that, I went into interiors. Um, I spent a bit of time living in Los Angeles, and I was really influenced by John Lautner, all the architecture there, the architecture there, Frank Gehry. Um, suddenly there was access to mid-century furniture, which I'd never come across in England before. Um, and it seemed really exciting. And so suddenly I decided that I'd been so long in the fashion business, it was actually becoming slightly boring to me. And I was much more interested in furniture and designing homes. So I sort of started doing my own homes and then um, friends would ask me to do their houses and slowly, slowly, it took off. And Rob, why did you feel that Trilby was the right fit? 
What was it about her work that you felt was just the right fit for you? So, so we, we, we've worked with quite a few in, interior designers over the years um, and we always wanted to kind of bring them a little bit closer to, to the organisation and, um, and, and I met her, I always liked her style, the way she did things and, and I liked her interior eye and um, you know we, we, we were good at collaborating, we had the same thought process, the same interests um, in, in furniture, mid-century furniture, colours, um, all sorts of things and, and it was at a time where um, the company was expanding and, and the projects we were taking on were becoming bigger and more challenging and we wanted to bring everything in under one roof so I said to Trilby, why don't we bring you into London and Newcastle and we can really expand our interior department, which is, I guess, one of, one of, one of the departments within the organisation over, over the years, we always kind of outsourced, but we, 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 we had very firm ideas on look and feel and, you know, Trilby, you know, definitely understood that and it was, it was an easy collaboration. So Trilby, you it, it on the whole it was a presumably it was a show flat and the communal areas and then if people want to have you do their apartment that they've bought you'll go and do yeah, that as well absolutely and eventually what we would like to do we would like to have a product line we'd like to have we'd like to I really want to design some furniture because I'm finding every project I do I'm making two or three pieces which I really like to do which are my own. So eventually we wanted to introduce that to London Newcastle as well. Absolutely. So that someone can, can see a show flat and say, well, I really like that sofa. I'd like to get that for, for my place. It's very difficult to sort of define a look, but it's, it's, are we a sort of in the sort of Mad Men era? I mean, Possibly. It's quite maximalist, I would say. Um, you know, there's sort of beautiful bookshelves and beautiful lights and sculptural pieces of furniture. Um, I think Mad Men is a bit more 50s, it's probably much starker. Um, our environments are, are much more comfortable, there's beautiful fabrics, um, and uh, yeah, more, probably more luxurious. So what was the first development that you worked on? Um, for, for London Newcastle, it was, a, it was a private residence, it was a London Newcastle house. Um, and it has four bedrooms um, and I was kind of given carte blanche to do whatever I wanted and it's, it, it turned out to be the most fantastic house and um, we kind of went off to Paris to the Marshal Puisse and bought stuff at auction and it's a really eclectic home, it, it's a beautiful home um, and even though when, you know, I remember the builders would see bits and pieces come into the house and they would be like, I really don't get how this is all going to work together, but it really does. It looks, it looks amazing. So that was the first, that was the first project. What's taking up most of your time at the moment? Um, so, uh, well, we've got Chapter House in Covent Garden. Which how many, how many residents? That, that's forty-six there? apartments in the heart of Covent Garden. Really, really interesting building. It's an old orphanage, actually. Oh, wow. we've, yeah, that Parker Victoria. Street. Really yeah, uh, yeah. So that's Parker Street, and that's really interesting. We're building behind the facade, uh, and 
you know, really interesting lobby area. The areas, there's so much to take from Covent Garden as an area. There's, mm-hmm. there's so much inspiration. And in what will they retail for? Um, they're going to be retailing, I'm going to be talking pounds per square foot here, if I may, um, about 2,300, which is, you know, it's, it's where the area is at the moment. There's a few mm-hmm. other developments, so it's definitely the top. It's, it's a difficult market that price bracket but you know they're they're really unique apartments lots of them are different and it's we're quite confident about it and what so what sort of if i was to come and buy an apartment mm. to move into what i mean is it are the bathrooms in the what what's bathrooms the is, so show flats finished now so you've got nice you've got lovely stone bathrooms You've got lovely wooden floors, really, really good kitchens. And you talk about creating this community spirit, and that is that a different part of the business, or is that? Well, I, I think it's important to create community spirit within the building because that's the essence of, you know, why people want to live in a certain area. But you make very comfortable spaces. Really well. comfortable. You know, really, 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 really comfortable. Sofas. Definitely not over the top, yeah. though. The people we sell to don't want over-the-top space. They want a place mm-hmm. they can go and read a book, maybe do a little bit of work, have a conversation, um, and then retreat to their, their their residence after that. But I think for us, we're quite subtle. We're not we're not in-your-face developers because people we sell to, um, they're a little bit more sophisticated than that. Um, so they're not. They're not interested in that type of socialising. They don't need to be go and meet each other in a bar in the building after. They can do that outside work. And actually, usually where we do our developments, there's plenty of that outside. Um, but they, it's a place of peace and quiet and sanctuary, and it's a place of interest as well. It's got to be visually stimulating and warm as well. So presumably that uh, is reflected in the colour palettes as well, if you're creating a warm... Yes. Definitely. So we go. We normally go for actually quite moody colour palettes. Um, what sort of colours do you class as moody? What sort of jewel tones? Sort of blues and hunter greens and you know sort of deep purples and slightly sort of subdued colours. Um, for Parker Street, the lobby area is quite theatrical. There's going to be a beautiful nineteen um, seventies chandelier that's fabulous that we're getting from Berlin. Um, there's going to be wonderful armchairs. Um, it's going to be all sort of dark colours, beautiful, thick, navy, velvety carpets, you know, quite sort of elegant and comfortable. And do you go um, on sourcing trips? Do you have kind of favourite places that you I, go and I'm find? A, yeah, I'm a massive fan of the Marshall Police in Paris. I mean, I go there and I kind of go into every shop aghast. <laughs> I mean, I just want, I want everything. And I don't experience that in London. For me, Paris is just, you're just getting things that you just don't get anywhere else. It's Miami is of, great as well. Yeah. Florida's great because you have all those... And Brussels is a good place great home, So they've got all these great mid-century furniture. Yeah. Palm Springs. Um, but yeah, London, no, not really. And what's your... Um, truffle hunting nose like then when you're looking for new buildings so so i think um most importantly myself and my business partner are londoners yeah born and bred london and i think it's really important you walk the streets of london i mean i know london's a big city but we're, we're all sending people out there to all different parts of london 
And, and uh, you know, I guess when we first started, you know, the Islingtons and the Camdens, they were close to us and, you know, we knew about them and, and, and what you know, the, the, the fabric of, of the area and the architecture. Uh, we are working on a, a big site in Fulham on the river. The, um, Which one? The um, Herdingham Retail Park. Okay. Yeah, right, right on 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 the river. If you know where that that is, I think there's um, it's a, it's a warehouse at the moment. We've got planning permission for that. We're 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 doing that with a um, pension fund who own the property. We're working that. Um, Balfour Tower in Poplar, really really important piece of British brutalism. That's a Goldfinger building. Uh, again, we we we're doing that with a housing association who own the property but that's we've worked really hard with historic england on on that because it's a great star listed building and that's really interesting that's what we're really all about because what we have to do what we try to do is get into erno goldfinger's head and if he was still alive today how would he bring this building dilapidated building forward in a modern way but but obviously still um preserving the brutalism of the building so that that's for us that's really interesting we're doing that um we've got quite a lot on the go at the moment there's other stuff as well you know we we've got a lot lot of different passions within london newcastle and you know design and art is is really important to us um and that that's an interest which which didn't necessarily come from the industry we had that before um, which is one of the reasons we started doing what we were doing. So, so because we we've got a lot of stock in in the planning process, which takes a long time. It's 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 not a particularly pleasant process to go through. It means there are buildings sitting there um, doing nothing. So, we like to put them to meanwhile use, which is a a community use. So we 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 always run art galleries. Um, we had a mass, big one in. Red Church Street, which we had for about nine years, which was a fantastic success. And the idea was to support, sponsor up and com- local up-and-coming artists and creators and give them a platform to exhibit on they normally wouldn't be able to afford. So we gave them the space and part of the um, experience for them was making it work. Sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't, but as long as they came away learning something, that was the important thing, and and you know we we've discovered being responsible for some fantastic um, talented artists and creators. Um, we were very much responsible for a lot of the street art that went on in around Shoreditch, around the Red Church Street, Ebor Street, Bethnal Green Road, um, and that's a big part of what we do. It's a real passion. Um, we, yeah, we've yeah we've got yes the gallery. Yeah, we've got one amazing. in White. We've got one in Whitechapel now called Gallery Forty Six. Which is, is that a permanent gallery space? It's it's not permanent, but it's been there for about two years, and it will be there probably. There is there is an advantage um, with our inability of, of gaming planning. <laughs> well, it's fantastic. You've <laughs> it good, yeah. good use. Yeah, exactly. So that that's really that's really important for us, and you know, and it's also you you connect with the local community as well. So we've we've worked with some really good people. And I also think I think it's that braveness with your sort of developers and yeah. your braveness with design really really works. Yeah. In terms of yes. you know, still be 
can hurt. Got, yes. got to be brave. I, that's the one thing I, I, I've learned. If you're not, all the risks we've taken, every time we've been told not to do it, we're mad. Yeah. It's going to be damaging. Um, <laughs> it kind of works out for us. So you have to, you have to if you believe in something, yeah. you have to. You have to go. I think also the great thing about London Newcastle is that they are not the cookie cutter developers. Yeah. They really do kind of push the envelope, but in a in a really good way, in a way that needed to happen. Yeah. You know, they're not just producing vanilla walls and if you know. We, I, I, we if we don't believe in it, we can't do it. No. We can't, and we we've always I've always said with my business partner, you know, if if we wouldn't live there, then we would we don't want to put it out there. So, Trilby, when you go to a building for the first time, what's your, how, how does the process start when you're deciding how it's going to look? Well, I guess you look at the architecture and um, I want to know what sort of person is going to live there. And then I guess I kind of tell myself a little story in my head about this person and how they would live and what sort of things they, they would like. Um, and I sort of go from there. So each, so each building has its own character? Personality, yes. Absolutely. And I think that's really important. I think it's really nice as well to, to bring in um, people who live in the area, artists and, um, you know, to create um, a sort of community spirit. What about um, balancing functionality? Because it's not all about making an interior look pretty, and presumably, if you you know, you have to be careful about um, noise levels and all that kind of thing. Yes, and and fabrics. You know, fabrics have to be very wearable and fireproof and stain resistant, and you have to have carpets that uh, can be walked on a million times. So, yes, you have to think about all of those things, but you can still make something look nice, you know. Most of the companies now offer that. And do you have a favourite, of, of all the projects that you've done so far, do you have a, a particular favourite? Um, the, the actual, the house that I did for London Newcastle, only because I was allowed to do what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> there was no one, there was no one putting the brakes on me. And, um, it was great. It was really great, and you know, we, we had a lot of fun doing it. It was. I think that's. I think it was really important to you know enjoy what you do. Yes. Otherwise, you know, the, the personality goes from it, and the passion goes. And I think mean, really, once you lose that, then you you become everything we didn't want to be in the first place. So that's really important. I think it was actually one of the only projects I've done where I really didn't want it to end. Yeah. Most projects, I'm like. Oh, God, that's over. But but this house, it was just great. You know, you just you just didn't want it to end. You just wanted it to go on and on. Is there any building that you'd really love to get your hands on? Oh yeah. Buckingham Palace. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get my hands on Westminster actually. <laughs> For different reasons. So. Um, yeah, um, that's a really difficult question. The answer to that is 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 yes. There's so many um, there, yeah. buildings. Like, you know, I love the Hoover building. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a great building. I love all the Art Deco stuff. The um, Michelin building's beautiful. I wouldn't mind getting my hand on the post office tower, do yeah. something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there's a few buildings that. in Chelsea I'd like to get my hands on. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the warehouse buildings. I like the really old 
warehouse buildings. Where you know, I like buildings with a story. Um, I wouldn't mind getting out of London eventually. We've never really quite had the um, the nerve to do it because we're like if we can't be there in twenty minutes, we kind of freak out. <laughs> we can go and get well back to see helicopters. You can you know we can do that. Yeah. You need yeah. to be in Newcastle, really, don't you? We, we should be in Newcastle. Yeah, just, just, just so they can say, well, we do stuff in well, Newcastle Well, we need to well. either do something in Newcastle and <laughs> change the name, one of the yeah, two. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. London, Barnes and Popkin. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have quite as much as name. Well, thank you. I think it's so interesting to have the idea that you're going to build something, but not you don't, you're not going to put it out there to everyone. You kind of, you know, you're... You're wanting to get the right the right mix of people, I, and I, then it will yeah, have and a I, community that will have longevity. Yeah, and I think the the, the 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 thing about doing the smaller buildings with say 25, 40 units, you can take that that attitude, and if you don't like it, don't buy it. I guess if we were doing a development with five hundred units, we might have to change our ideology a little bit. Also, so. I think your developments—they're very bespoke. That's yeah. the other thing I like. They're not all the same. So maybe when you finally get your hands on Buckingham Palace, you might have to change. <laughs> yeah. Change might have to look for might, might have to look for another different interior designer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you very much. You very much. Really thank really you. No, it's thank a pleasure. You. Thank you. Thanks for listening to House Guests from Country and Townhouse magazine with me, Carol Annett. Don't forget to subscribe to the series on iTunes or Entail, where you can also find images, links and notes to enhance each episode. In the meantime, you can follow me on Instagram at Carol W. Annett. And keep up to date on all the podcast news and show notes online at countryandtownhouse.co.uk slash podcast. Next week, I'm chatting with Sophie Ashby one of the young guns of interior design who set up her studio aged 25. The only way I know how to design is to imagine something as my own. Join us and find out more.